Wales, the man whose hair inspired Wout van Aert's latterly. Very vertical, very well-groomed, very clean-cut lad from Luxembourg who's been absent from the higher echelons of the results sheets for good reason for a number of years, pushing for the line and going to win the stage here. Unfortunately, Thibaut Pino got caught and that was that, really. That was terrible fake commentary. I hit the heights yesterday. Pete, you were really Pete, can impressed. you do it? Can you do it? Yeah, you do it. You do the fake commentary. Wout van Aert, Wout van Aert, Wout van Aert, all the way to... No, it's not Wout van Aert today. Finally, finally, Ned. Someone who isn't called... Someone. But whose hair is based on Wout van Aert, or rather inspired Wout van Aert. Yeah, and actually, back to the racing now, quickly. I think we forgot... Wout van Aert? Well, he... he the first eight days... You were days, commentating on that bit. The first eight days finally have shown for Wout van Aert because... Well, he looked a bit tired. Well, if he hadn't... Everyone he was racing against was, in you know, relatively fresh compared yeah. to what he he had... What he's yeah. done in the first eight days compared to what those guys have done is, like, completely... Like, but he's still away. just, like, bridged across the gaps. Oh, super no, but easy, I mean... It, it, that it, was it incredible was telling to in watch the, it. it. was telling after that because mm. he can win a stage like this. I, at times I was I, at times I wasn't sure whether he knew why he was in the break today. Did Couldn't you get that impression? Racer, was, I wasn't commentating. Pete was. Yeah, I, it was I, a little bit. Do a bit on the front, then to, then do a bit at the back. I fully believed then, he thought he could win. Win. Okay. I yeah. Mean, just too tired. Yeah, <laughs> too tired from riding his bike <laughs> so far. But Think also of every effort he's done during this race. Yeah, but also he did get across her and he won maximum points in the sprint. He did that. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, listen, he didn't have a bad day. No, and no. Even, and even when and even when he decided, okay, I'm done. Um, he had the lucidity and the strength to, ro- you know, the, he rode alongside the Named Sport. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, useful no. drinks. Oh, you had to say it, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I love it. Named Sports, neutral drinks. <laughs> that was 2019 drinks. stuff, that, wasn't it? What was Remember, Named Sport. Named Sport. Yeah. Well, they became, yeah. I mean, I first became aware of Named Sport when I commentated at Terreno Adriatico for the World Feed in around about 2017. And my employers, RCS, said, uh, Ned, for this edition of the race, very important. <laughs> Every time you say Terreno Adriatico, you don't just say Terreno Adriatico, you say Named Sport Terreno Adriatico. So I literally had to say it every single time. And then remember the toll that we were stopped at um, on the transfer in 2019 and me and David, or maybe you, it was just David, went over to ask for gels. You did? You got <laughs> something. I wanted to test him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was and mad. Because people, our viewers... The people who watch ITV Sport or the, or the bike race yep. will see this big orange inflatable can. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure where it is on the race. Yeah, so that's they're not been... putting as much money in now, are they? No, there is one. Two, one. They, they've got two inflatable things. I can't okay, remember two. what they both are. Yeah, but uh, and I always thought Name Sport. What's Name Sport? Nah, it's Named, mate. Named, Italian company whose um, uh, nutrition products I've never tried, so I've no idea what they taste they're like. They're not a sponsor. They, they do look. They do look. Do they no. still sponsor UAE? Don't know because they did when Swifty rode for them. Okay, but they do. The, the products look quite um, sort of like eighties day glow, don't 90s. they? Kind of orange. <laughs> anyway, he picked up a couple of those orange uh, bottles. And why are we talking about this particular detail of the stage? It seems a bit uh, odd. Do you know what? It's just tangents that sometimes you go off on in yeah. podcasts. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, but I think we forgot. Finger God just poured his over his head. <laughs> Wap the art gave him the bottle. He went, oh, yeah, "I'm not drinking that. I just poured it in my head." Yeah, thanks. Thanks for the free yeah. bottle. <laughs> Yeah. I'll just uh, dispose of that quickly. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I I was getting mixed up in commentary because I, I was going jungles and then youngles. Mm. Yeah, you were a bit. I was because I... Well, it's actually neither, is it? It's jungles. Jungles. Yeah. Jungles. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or it's like when well, we've always nicknamed him 
Job bungles. Job bungles. Like very, very difficult to avoid saying that today. Well, it's a bit like yeah. um, Malcolm Bollamer. And I've said yeah, yeah. Cadell McEwen so. so many times. <laughs> yeah, Peter Rowland, alive on air, Peter not Rowland. Here we go. Have you here's said the, Here's the traffic jam. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my. So we rolled, wait, so we literally started live recording this pod as we left the finish line, and it's taken a kilometre and a half? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gaz, you had to do a chairlift, didn't you? Yeah, a uh, 10-minute chairlift up to the... Uh, overflow car park for all the media vehicles, which, you know, 10 minutes is quite a long way on a chairlift. chairlift. Lovely in the morning, coming down to work on the chairlift, going back up, it was a bit of a fight. (laughs) Yeah, you like a scrap though, don't you, Gaz? Yeah, not that sort of scrap, too many French people. Uh, well, that is it is the Tour de yeah. France, guys. I mean, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, G calls uh, Jumbo Visma Jumbo Visma. He does So, Jumbo. these are all the things you don't think about as a rider. Because right. now, it, it's only been four years, but it's actually quite a long time. But when I watch the interviews... Four years is a long time in cycling. Uh, and I and I hear them speak and their pronunciations, and now I'm aware of it because I, I spend, well, three hours a day, at least in a car, with yeah. you and David. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, it's just so nice to be a bike rider, to not have to worry about pronunciation. So here, this comes back to the thing that we spoke about over dinner last night, Pete, because we made it, oh, that was interesting, wasn't it? We made it to Chateau um, quite early, thinking, brilliant, we're actually here at a really respectable time. It was before eight o'clock even, wasn't it? Yeah, we were like, let's go for Stroll out for dinner in this beautiful, you know, Alpine French town. Bustling. Bustling, but plenty of it. And then you popped in, I was uploading the podcast Slaving away at the laptop, yeah. as I do. <laughs> producing. <laughs> producing. And uh, David, you, you guys and Gary and Pete, you all nipped off to try and find a restaurant. And then, uh, to my great despondency, I suddenly got the impression that you hadn't managed to locate one. What was the story there, David? Um, it was just... Well, there's, there's two parts. I think the Tour de France comes and we underestimate just how big the Tour de France is. It's very big. For those, very big. For those listeners who are in doubt as to how big it is, it's... For, oh. Bob Jungles has just come past us. No, he has uh, not. Yeah, he has. Literally. Seriously? In the AGT with, car. With gendarme. Yeah. Oh, gendarme yeah. escort. Get yeah. behind them, Gary. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. No, don't really. We don't have our windscreen sticker. Yeah. Oh, we do. Go. go, 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 go okay, go, go, we are now. Okay. Right, I'm going to live commentate this now. We are now in a TDF convoy. What this involves is driving effectively, illegally, down the left-hand side of the road in a country in which you drive on the right-hand side of the road. We are passing to our right uh, a completely stationary line of vehicles who are not All, moving. Also part of the convoy. And we are moving. And and I just saw Bob Jungle's he's actually car just, pulled in. Yeah. Well, it's possible Uh-oh. that there is a gendarme behind us. That's why he pulled in. And that eventful part of the transfer has just yeah. finished. So, yeah. So, back so, to Chatel. Yeah. It was filled. And a, a lot of British and, cycling fans. And the restaurant situation, David? Well, we would walk in, look, there were empty tables. It was 8 o'clock at night, and they'd say, you can't be here. That's just our... Um, you can't... <laughs> I don't know a, how to justify that. There's not a table we available. We are back on the left-hand side of the There's not road. a table available till 9.30, yeah. 9.45. And, and right, so to make up. the best comparison, we should probably wind our windows up so people on the podcast can hear what we're saying. Yeah. Um, to make the best comparison that I've ever seen... Right, so... David goes into this like mode where you can't really talk to him and he's just figuring out what to do. Athlete mode. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's, it's like... The it's, only way I compare it to, Ned, yep. is Wout van Aert on the stage after the cobbles yep. when he was very angry yeah. with his performance and he was in every attack. David was running around Chattel, 
I just got to the point where I was like, I'd almost quit the race. I just sat down. Yeah. You, had a ben, like, you had a Ben O'Connor moment. Exactly. Didn't you? I was like, do you know what? Message me when you found a restaurant. <laughs> I was thinking. I was thinking. I was being very my sister at that point. Yeah, you just were fix actually. it. Yeah, just fix and stuff. Which yeah. yeah, you're good at fixing things, though, David. I like fixing but things. But it, it comes at an emotional cost. doesn't yes, it? Yes, I do get quite yeah. dark. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. over the three weeks, you'll learn to just let people do what they do best. And then yeah. the end, Pete, you rescued the situation because everyone was full. It was impossible. And we'd given up on dinner. I mean, it's just, at one point you said, done. should we just go to a supermarket and just get like some, you know, a, a stale baguette in a plastic wrapper and sit out, the, <laughs> sit out we were, and watch we the sunset. We were ready and that. that was fine by us, but all the supermarkets were shut. Or yeah. rather, the supermarket was shut. <laughs> There's one mm. in Chatel. Oh, was... by the way, that's another story. Hmm. This morning, I had to get something from the supermarket, and I rode my Brompton, and they were they barriered Chatel itself, and there was a little gap between the barriers. I need so there's a casino supermarket, and I was riding my Brompton through this little gap between two barriers, too narrow almost, and um, I my finger just brushed oh, one yeah. of the sides of the barriers where there was a sharp unfinished metal edge, and uh, deeply sliced the back blood. of one of my oh, fingers. Oh, that's why I got a plaster on. Oh, yeah, blood. I then walked into casino thinking that was just a it tiny It was almost little... a Grande Casino. What? Very Grande good. Casino, very Pete good. wins Pete the wins podcast. Again. Killing Eve. Um, <laughs> but I thought that's just a little scratch. That's fine. That's like a little paper cut. I never are. And then I walked into the aisle where I need to get this product. And um, I looked down and literally there were, I mean, uh, just a trail of blood. <laughs> <laughs> leading oh, down this tiny supermarket and then I looked down at it, it was just dripping it was almost hosing blood from this cut quite extraordinary right so and then, so, so then something else was going on because we all split up doing our different missions trying to sort things out and Pete came back radiant because people had recognised you Oh yeah, that was. Oh, that was last night. That, sorry, yeah. that was the, the oh, night sorry. before. Yeah, that, this was this morning where I cut my finger. But yeah, we're but rewinding. I can, I, can, That's good. Got, I can connect the two. Yeah. So yeah. Um, se- Oh yeah, segue podcast um, technique. Technique or yeah, vocabulary. Anyway, so <laughs> Ned, know how how you feel with the finger because on the first day at lunch where we're provided by is it French Hill? France Television. Where we go to the canteen. Um, great food. Yep. And it's almost, it's a bit unsettling because you don't know how it works. You don't know anyone there. Who am I going to sit next to? A yeah. bit like a new guy at school, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, absolutely um, like that. Very like that. Put my plate by the bread and I was already stressed that the, the plate might fall off the table <laughs> in front of everyone. And I was like panicking with the bread knife and they put that little serviette on top of the bread. So <laughs> it looks like no one's touched it, even though everyone has. Yeah. Knife straight through the finger. So oh, then, oh. now I'm stressed. Did you did, draw blood? No, yeah, obviously. Everywhere, like everywhere. So now I'm stressed because there's blood on the knife, there's blood on my plate, and I'm like, what do I do? So I was like, I ran over to the guy, I was like, can I have a tissue? I, I yeah. don't speak French, he doesn't speak English. Yeah. yeah. And then, then I see the knife's got blood on it, and I'm like, well, I have to give it to him because I can't just leave the knife there with yeah. blood all over yeah. it. Yeah. So then I picked the knife up, I'm like, you need to clean this. And he yeah. was like, really? And I was like, yeah, it's got blood on. Um, so uh, that was my... That is amazing, Pete. Unbeknownst to either of us, both of us have cut our fingers quite savagely Mm. at the tour of France. What are the chances of that, David? The point you're you're warned. They don't. They those cuts don't stop bleeding. Jamais deux sans toi. Honestly, so there I am, and I'm picking up some toothpaste actually. So I picked. Nonetheless, I picked up my toothpaste that I needed, and I ran the arm, and I literally the next night I'm just hosing blood down it, and I get to the till, and the lady looks at me, goes like. (laughs) 
She goes, what's going on? And in French. And I said, <laughs> and just had, and she rushed to the toilet and then she came back with the toilet run and just wrapped it around my finger. Yeah, you've got to put pressure on and it's always because your hands are down so all the blood's still Completely. going to it and coming Completely. out. So you need to walk yeah. up with your hand up in the air. Yeah. Completely. Holding pressure. But yeah. So yeah. then last night was about, it was, yeah, there was a lot of British people, wasn't there, David? There was a lot and of British people. It was really good for morale, yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It was nice. People recognise you. More than me, I think. So I was just marching around, looking angry. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 But you were just strolling around, looking friendly. Maybe that's why I sat down because yeah. I thought, oh, you know, I'm going to make the most of this. <laughs> Good yeah. morale. Maybe someone else will recognise me. <laughs> I'll let David deal yeah. with food. Back to the race. Yeah, back to the race. What do you mean, back to the race? We've barely even gone to the race. True. To the race. Okay, to the race. Horrible start. Mm. I mean, wow. brilliant start to watch, but a horrible, horrible start. stage for everyone. How many Ks was it to the first line? Uh, oh God, do you have to dig my notes? Forty, maybe. Yeah, yeah round about that. And maybe, it started at the UCI headquarters in Egle, um, which we were quite happy to miss on a commercial break for some reason. It was quite funny, wasn't it? Wasn't it because the t- <laughs> we did take a commercial break at precisely the point where they was got that the velodrome. Yeah, yeah, and um. Yeah. Anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. The no. race was just really hard, wasn't it? And then, and then eventually, this colossal group prized itself away, mm. but only after a long, long time. Twenty-one. And riders. that's where Wout van Aert bridged across. Oh, that with was, a group. Well, originally there were like fifteen riders, and then a six-rider group got got across, yeah. powered on by Van Aert. Um, it was horrific, wasn't it? And we, do you know what? We always talk about the guys who are winning or are in the breaks. And today's stage was a typical day that if you're a passenger in the Tour de France. Not feeling great, or mm. you're not you're not 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 up to much, not much focus. These are the worst days you can imagine. They've had a few of those now, where it's just lined out. Yeah, but I felt the day was like yeah, ugh, brutal. Yeah, Grand Tour style, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was interesting because you saw UAE when the break was forming. They they lost Soler and here she at the back. This was bizarre, yeah. wasn't it? It yeah. was really early on, on sort of like false flat, was it really? Wasn't yeah. it? Or yeah. even flat? They were going around Lake Geneva actually, so it was mm. pan flat, yeah, yeah. and it was just horrible for particularly Mark Soler. I think it's just, and you really thought, well, Soler's not going to be of no use today. Yeah, he's useless. He's gone. He's gone. He had four riders back, and that gave us hope. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Effectively, it did. And this isn't anything against the UAE team Emirates, but you're looking at the, the drama of how it might unfold and present an opportunity for the other teams in the general classification to animate the race. Yeah. And so there was a feeling at that point that UAE team Emirates are right on the brink of disintegrating here. Yeah. Talking from experience um, within a team riding the Tour de France, I don't know if it was a case of the fact that he was out of position and w- wasn't there because splits happened. He well, was at the back. Well to 20... 16 or whatever yeah, that was and then that, that race. and then he was he wasn't with his team so then you know people were getting dropped he was out of position or at the back and then all of a sudden he wasn't there you know he obviously had good legs so that's the only explanation i can think of as to why he was dropped because he was obviously pretty good wasn't he in the end well eventually yeah. you know uae team members marshaled their troops everything slowed down a little bit but they couldn't really just sit up and let everything come back together again because rigoberto uran was in the so they balanced it really well, didn't they? You know, they kept mm. they kept riding, but at a pace which allowed Soler and Hirschi to get back on. They did their jobs. Soler and did an amazing job, actually, amazing. But all the mm-hmm. while, they kept Uran in check because yeah. he was there in the break at three twenty four, threatening the Maillot Jaune. And also, what I forget forgot to say on set was, even with all this, they still had McNulty in the break. Yeah. I, yeah. I completely missed. Like I didn't miss it, but I forgot about yeah that. Yeah, the same thing. 
yeah. think what's interesting about that is, and I think it's so important they did that today. Um, we talked about in commentary actually, and just going to go slightly sideways on this. Yeah, and and you know this, Pete. There are days, and we spoke about yesterday about how it's kind of how different you feel when you're on the front and, and controlling the race. Yeah, but sometimes in that first hour of the race when it's going nuclear as it was today mm. um, and you just don't have that top end but you've got to fight to get back on as a as a domestic for your team knowing the peloton will slow down then when you get there and you go to the front and it's that medium point you can do so much damage yeah and that was exactly what happened with Soler today and, and also, it was incredible to yeah. watch how he he's yeah. not got the top end he's not not going to be able to help in those critical moments but when it comes to that medium point and that's probably going to be really good for him it's going to stop him kind of fighting around and getting angry about not being in brakes because today would have been hugely humbling but then also confidence mm. building okay i can do this job really well and i'll be fettered for and it and also what you forget as a commentator is when it's at that early part of the the stage when the brakes are going and everyone in the bike race is still involved, it's actually really hard. It's almost like a bunch sprint. Mm. It's really hard it's to stay horrible. up the front, yeah. and you have to take risks. You have to, you know, corner really well. You have to. You're constantly trying to just stay up the front. And when you're running for a GC team, and you, oh, know you you've mean because it's not lined out. It's not. It's there's just, no structure it's to it. It's just mayhem. It's a constant fight. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're That's running a for great, a GC team and you have a job to do, I never thought about it like that. You just like oh, I don't need this. Like yeah. I'm not here to. Your head's get not in. Break and you just yeah. like, oh, just sit at the back. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's... But then that comes, that, comes, that comes with a risk as well, doesn't and, it? Yeah, like, that comes with a risk. And you forget it as a bike rider who, who then commentates. Because, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, during all this, he had a couple of crashes, but Ben O'Connor mm. was having a horror. Well, it was day. a psychodrama with Ben O'Connor, wasn't it? And Mike Woods. A little bit. Mike Woods slapped down. Rough. That was horrible. Yeah, yeah. It got, well, it wasn't horrible, but, but it was o really, yeah. really nasty. Let's put it that way. Ben O'Connor had the classic, so he's... He's being hovering around the back, and at the Tour de France, you have that. What number camera would that be, Ned? Camera three. Uh, yeah, Moto three. Yeah. Moto three. Yeah. So it kind of focuses on the stars at the back, and that's why we've seen so much of Matthew Van der Poel. So we're seeing a lot of Ben O'Connor, and he's always touching his left hip yep. and going to the medical car, and a lot of it. And I say this kind of nicely. It's a bit of exhibitionism as well. So that everybody knows. He's trying to explain injured. why he's there. He finished yeah. fourth in the Tour de France yeah. last year. You know? So there's a reason. Amazing. And he's trying to let people know. Yeah. Yeah. But um, then it was so bad. Yesterday he went to the hospital to get an x-ray. And we've all been there, Pete. You're like, this is so bad. He goes to the hospital. They do all the anal analysis. And it comes out and there's nothing wrong. And you're almost wanting there to and be you're something like, wrong. Oh, why is why? it not broken? Yeah. I could yeah. then then they'd say you got to go home. Yeah, <laughs> that's your card out. That's your card out. Your it's like uh, we were laughing about that. Were we? Like, yeah, uh, uh, there's your X-ray. You're you're clear. That's that seems like, to be fine. What? So could you just do it again? Yeah, because they might. Uh, you yeah. might not have got Are you right. sure? Because <laughs> this really no. Hurts. But he dug it. No, no. To 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 to, to be fair to Ben O'Connor, and I think you called this really well, David. It was a very, you know, and actually, Edgitoir Citroen, the director sportif, played this really well today because mm, they did. They didn't just capitulate to his instincts immediately and say yeah 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 ben sack it off they questioned it didn't they they were clearly saying well give it another give it another 5k give it another 10k yeah. give it another half an hour see where you're at blah 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 and he persistently finished the race yeah and he there's, might he might get better yeah. he might shrug that off and he there's, might, there's nothing worse and i think I, I presume everybody who listens to this podcast knows about pete's story uh, well also being a cyclist means you have a huge internal monologue 
Well, yeah. It's just always so, going on. By and, Pete's story, I mean, you know, yeah. you're, you're, the Tour de France, you didn't finish. And your regrets, yeah. Yeah. your regrets of not finishing that race, and you can see that now. You probably mm. could have finished it. Oh, yeah. You, you just talk yourself out of it. Yeah. yeah and you're looking for an yeah. opportunity or uh, to, you're looking for a reason to justify mm. why you can stop. Yeah. And you almost build Seeking it up validation. to a point in your head, mm. which is completely, it's it's ridiculous. Mm. Yeah. Um, but you build it. You build it up over like over the course of a couple of days mm. to the point where I'm going home. Like I'm not doing this anymore. Mm. I'm not putting myself through this. Mm. I just thought of something which I haven't thought about before. Is that also you have two team cars following the race. The second team team car has the second direct sportif. And the second direct sportif uh, doesn't have the power to make decisions. They are there to support the team. Yeah. And Lavenue was in the first car, wasn't yeah, he? Lavenue, yeah, Lavenue. Yeah. Vincent Lavenue, who's the boss of the team, was up there with... With Jungles. With Jungles. And so then the second car is in a different race looking after Ben O'Connor. All they want to do, those people in the car, is say, stop. But they can't. Yeah. You just can't. Because also, there's a, so it's a double-edged sword, because... If they say that, and then tomorrow he wakes up, or then, like you, Pete, five years later, it's like, I wish he hadn't said that. <laughs> five years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Five years later, I wish I hadn't said that. So what they're doing, the handing bottles, they're not, they're not encouraging so much. They're just saying, you'll be okay. They, they have to be so neutral. And that's what I was saying, commentary. It's the rider's choice. Now, all the rider wants when they're by the car and they're off the back is for somebody to say, stop, it's enough, Ben. Mm-hmm. But all... And but they can't do it, and all they want to do is say, "This is getting out of the race." Yeah, he's suffering so much; he's in yeah. a terrible place. Yeah, but then at the same time, rest day tomorrow. We can't take that responsibility. Rest day tomorrow. Yeah. Rest day tomorrow. One yeah. more day, you know. And yeah. that wasn't even enough for when I pulled out the tour in two thousand and seven. That was before day before rest day. No, it was fifty. Really difficult day before rest day. And now you can't think is, rationally, basically. Yeah. And now what happens is, Youngles wins teams in high spirits yeah they're at the hotel tonight there's the toasts couple of speeches all the press are at the hotel they're heroes their tour de france is fine ben o'connor his humiliation is just a, a tiny pebble and in all, the situation of that team whereas before he thought he was the big story all, yeah. also david and this comes back to your personality yeah so for me that would have been even worse oh really because i would have felt less I've really suffered, yeah, and just, no one's even noticed. No, uh, no more the fact that I really don't need to be here. They don't need me. They're winning anyway. Yeah, and mm. what's the point of me being here? It's you interesting. Know, in a way like that, yeah. it's a, it, but it's very personality based. Yeah, and it can differ like massively between rider, like individual riders. That leads me to ask you both a question that I'm almost amazed I've never asked you before because it's often something I've thought about. Um. The strange thing that is professional road racing and where you've got leaders and domestiques, so it's a team thing, but not really because an individual wins. Yeah. That feeling of, uh, that feeling of delight when, when a teammate wins, mm. how universal is it? And how often is it actually, I'm a bit jealous of that. Depends on the team. It depends on the, the situation, the, the race, whether you've been in a yeah. lead out for a sprint or yeah, yeah what your role yeah. was, I suppose. What your role was, yeah. how you delivered your job. Whether you were part of it. Yeah. You, yeah. 
So it's not, but it's not always universally like that. That that would. That I think would, for me, it, I think I can answer this first, David, because for me, in two, so I did 2013 tour, which is the polar opposite to 2015 tour, where no, it was the same in in terms of the leaders were winning, but my experience was completely different right. because I was able to help the leader win. Yeah, and in the 2015 tour, I just felt like I was getting in the team's way. Right, and right. I, I, everyone was rejoicing in situations in the race or er, anything that went well, and it made me even more almost depressed that I couldn't be there or mm. help, mm. and which then leads to more depressive thoughts. And you get to the point where it, you are just really like, "What, what am I doing here?" So it's yeah. it's very different, depending on the individual rider and what you're able to do within mm. the race itself. Yeah, that makes sense. interesting. Yeah, it makes I mean, complete sense. It's I, an ultimate stand to personal pride. Yeah, and I think also, it's got, I mean, we we saw that small clip today. This is completely random. The football clip with Brian Clough. Oh, that is random, but that it's is br- random. also brilliant. Because when you see where his he's, personality... Where, where he's confronting Don Reevee yeah, live in the yeah. ITV studio. It was magical. Yeah. But you could see his charisma. Oh. How players would just... Yeah. He'd sit down next to them and yeah. love them. Yeah. And make them feel special. Who's the Brian Clough of cycling? Uh, Brailsford was super good at it. Was he Brian Cloughy? Yeah, when he, when he was kind of... Like, when he was hands-on. Yeah. And Shane Sutton was really good at it. Yeah, they both were. Yeah. And Bra- going back to the 2013 tour where... The question you had asked at the start, Ned. Yeah. How does it feel when you're not winning, but someone else is someone on your else team? Is. Yeah. Railsford made me feel like a million dollars. Yeah. He came he was to amazing me, at it. Best ride you've ever done. Yeah. yeah. I'm so impressed, so proud. This is what you've built towards your whole career. Um, mm. You know, it almost felt like uh, my dad talking to mm. me. So the winner. The winner's um, sense of esteem is taken for granted. That's, yeah. That's yeah, their mo- that's, that doesn't need augmenting yeah. or amplifying no. or, or validating. No. And so you focus yeah. on you focus on the rest of the team. And my right? point exactly. of that was a team is that leader. So you build that spirit. And so that means that then when you get to... That means that when one of your teammates wins, you've all won. Yeah. And, and as that's a, a wonderful thing. As a domestic or... in. It, for instance in what we're talking about you know like nine times out of ten you know you can't do what they're doing anyway no. so if you do the best job you can that's enough for you yeah that's that's satisfaction right there and then when they win you're like oh what what an incredible day you know yeah and that's that's all you need it's good it's <clears throat> and there is um a behavioral kind of science thing where giving can often give you more pleasure yeah we've spoken about this in the pod yeah, before we have haven't before. we and it's so true it's yeah. so true and I think that's what it is so yeah so I, I, I don't think there's any questions on that it comes back to that and then the- <laughs> I think we might have spoken about this before this <laughs> this thing where you can give people <laughs> the, for, for Christmas you can give people the gift of a gift to a charity <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, he, I've given he, I've given twenty pounds on the your ability behalf to give. Yeah, to and I've I've received a couple of presents from yeah, just, you just great deal of pleasure. Like, and I'm opening and go. Well, what? Yeah, <laughs> I'm just witnessing your act of charity here. Yeah. That's yeah. a crap. That's a crap Christmas present. No, no, you no, feel good about yourself. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, well done on giving yeah. yourself a no, Christmas present. No, all Ned, I wanted was a CD. Ned, Ned, but no, but you're giving, not me. Yeah, really. Such a weird one. Really weird. Uh, so but, where where are yeah. we in the race now? Well, I can tell you where we are on the road. We're outside La Bergerie, which, which is, is a very r- strange. Literally where we slept last night. <laughs> it's where we slept last night, about 5k from the finish line. We're retracing our steps in, in stop-start traffic. Gaz is doing an excellent job of navigating the 
a variety of obstacles that come his way. Yeah, La Bergerie, run by a very strange gentleman who, a bit like Peter Sagan, um, chucked in a, a quite an animated and unexpected chuckle at the end of his sentences, mm. which weren't mm. particularly funny. So you'd sort of said to him, which room have I got? You know, say, quelle chambre, monsieur? And he said, le 14, c'est où ça? Where's room 14? And he goes, ah, um, um, uh, en bas. Uh, en bas. À droite et en bas. <laughs> <laughs> it was so random yeah, and then this morning random. at breakfast yeah. again he was like he was refilling the orange juice he says encore, encore du jus d'orange I said oui s'il vous plaît he said voilà <laughs> <laughs> it was nuts it was like uh he was uh, like a character in a sitcom, actually. He was like, the whole, 40 the Towers whole Gone Wrong. Shelley was. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah my, my, room, was, yeah. my room wasn't great because we had pizza last night. And Mental. I obviously, because we had a pizza last night, 2 30 in the morning. Oh, <laughs> this is the so worst, thirsty. isn't it? Yeah. So I, thirsty, fumbling around in the darkness in the bathroom for the old um, plastic little, you know, cups to oh, get yourself a bit of tap water. I was exactly the same. I, yeah. Did awful. you have a cup in your bathroom? I, I yeah, well, I was under the tap and. Because you're quite delirious at this point. Oh yeah, I was thinking, is, thirst. is it okay to drink this water or, or not? I don't know. Mine's I have no idea. Either fine. way, I was like getting almost like a dog, like getting it on my tongue and then spitting out a little bit. Then I noticed I had half a bottle of like Vital water. Drank it what, so fast, and then I was just like, <sighs> and yeah. then I was like, right, it's not enough though. Half I need a to bottle get back of, to, yeah. I need to get back to sleep because sleep's so important on this race for staff and. For riders, isn't it? <laughs> Massive <laughs> hydration strategy is very important well, and this well. is why we mess up every night because yeah. we're so focused on dinner, yeah, and yeah. what where we're going to eat, what we're going to eat. We don't have much time to figure that out, yeah. And you always overlook the fact that you need to buy at Hy- least a hydration. two liter bottle of water. Yeah, we yeah. should always have that. And ideally, not Vitel. <laughs> no two cells. Yeah, <laughs> well, just any water. Yeah. Vitel, Vitel is the only brand of water I've ever known that doesn't taste like water. Is it quite high in calcium? I don't know. Maybe. But yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Anyway. Casually, the, casually sponsoring Vitella. Back, back to the race. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the break was gone and you regrouped and were doing Tour de France classic yellow jersey team controlling so the race. Basically, Uran was up there, had three minutes, 24 seconds. Became obvious nothing was going to happen. Jumbo yeah. Visma, Ineos, no, no grand plans afoot. Impossible to do anything because they were, they were riding too hard. Mm. So then we're focused on the breakaway, aren't we? Yes, mm-hmm. and um, Thibaut Pino attacked uh, a long well, way, a long way from the top of the, uh, well, of the final climb. We've mentioned Bobby Uncle's attacking three k's from the top of the. Oh yeah, that well, happened first. Yeah, well, that was insane, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So the penultimate climb, he attacks sixty odd kilometers to go. Sixty four. Sixty four kilometers to go. Um, wins the stage, but on the final climb, um, which is a fifteen kilometer climb, he waited and waited and waited to a ten k, David. Yeah. Ten or nine k. Yeah. 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 And then Thibaut Pino attacked, and he had to reel in about one minute and 55 seconds, I think. Yeah, it was, a, yeah, it was pretty two huge. Minutes. It was pretty it was huge. Big. It was punchy. And he got it to within about 23 seconds with it four or five K to go. It was just weakened off because it, it, as you come into, oh, what's the name of the town? Um, what, the top, uh, near, the, near the top yeah, of the climb? Don't uh, know. Morgen. 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 Yeah, that's another story in itself. And it flattens oh, off. Oh, what, the pronunciation? Mm. Yeah, I sold you a pup, didn't I? Yeah. It's Morgine. Sorry. I t- no, Pete, it's not. Pete, 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 uh, Mongin. 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 Pete, Pete, when he did a pre-recorded piece that you'll have seen in the highlights if you watched it, um, said said Monga. And the reason he said Monga, not Mongin, is because I told him to. 
<laughs> Gary he got it right. He got it right in the first place, and I said no. Nah, I didn't. Nah. I said it was Morgine, <clears throat> and I think it's Morgine. <clears throat> Mon-Jean. Mon-Jean. Yeah, okay. You Mon-Jean. got you added a different mistake. So Monjan flattens yeah. out, and so Thibaut Pinot does this great ride <laughs> and on the steep slopes, flattens off, and Bob Youngles kicks in his TT all rounder behaviour. The fact he didn't crack it. is just so impressive, isn't it? Like yeah. being hunted down by Pinot like that with that violence, because Pinot's fe- attack was enormous. Yes. And it's funny you said in commentary, David. And I was, uh, you know. TV commentaries, you can't really get into these kind of discussions. But at one point, you described Thibaut Pino as a classic climber. Yeah. I don't see him like that. Don't I, you? I think he looks like a classic specialist on a climb because he's got broad shoulders, he's got kind of quite a, quite a big torso, quite a thick set hmm. frame. I know he's super skinny in that, but he's quite a tall man, isn't he, Thibaut Pino? Relatively. He looks, Relatively. I think he looks huge on the bike. And Ooh. there's something about the way. You know, it's uh, it's quite a muscular style, isn't it, with Timo yeah. Pino? There's a lot of effort. That's, dynamic. It's dynamic, that's the word. Um, mm. And it's great to watch. And you can see how fast he's going. That's the brilliant thing about Pino when he's on song. I respect that, and I get it. But, but Thibaut Pinot turning up in a classic would not be scary. <laughs> no, no, for sure. But uh, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't suggesting that. I'm just saying he yeah. doesn't look. He doesn't look like a. Yeah, he's an interesting know, character. He's got yeah. kind of an old-fashioned style. Do you feel like upright. you base all your yeah, when you look at a climber, and if they're a classic climber, off Marco Pantani or not? I feel like that. I yeah, a little bit. Kind of know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, dancing, just dancing on the pedals, small, yeah. petite. Yeah, who's the know, who's yeah. the best? Pete, in your opinion, who's the most stylish climber you've ever raced with? So, excluding Pantani, Richie Port. Richie really? Port. I'd say Contador. Oh yeah, I'd say Contador. Yeah, Contador. Actually, sorry, every day of the week. Sorry, I mean, I, actually, I was taken back then because I thought. Who's the person who's in your made team. climbing so look so easy? Oh yeah, and he really does, Richie Port. He and does. He's so good yeah. at cl- like he's probably even when Froome was winning the tours uh, in a time trial on the pre-tour training camps, he was by far the faster. That from Vuelta, on, a, on an yeah. individual climb, his final pro race, the Vuelta España, and God, it's going to be years ago now. But Contador, you're right. The he oh, was just so cadence. Like you say, in and out of the saddle, David. In and out of the saddle, just... Well, he's out... Actually, he wasn't in and out of the saddle. He was always out of the saddle. Yeah, he was crazy. He'd spin, he'd he'd put big gears, he'd get out of the saddle. Great to watch, wasn't it? Yeah, all over the place. Yeah, Yeah. he was brilliant. Budgerigar, metronomic. Yeah. Dink, 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 dink. It was incredible to watch, wasn't it? We don't really have many of those left anymore. The sport's changing. Pickcock could be. No, he doesn't have the Contador. Contadorian. Mm. Old Pitters. Yeah. No. Now he said that. Yeah, he's oh, what? Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. To watch. He did, he did great. He did great today, didn't he? Tom Pitters, yeah, friend Pitters of the podcast, uh, friend yeah. of the podcast, friend of the podcast. He did great today too. Because at great one friend. point it looked like, oh, uh, is this is this hard? He was he down, he's that. right at the back there with Louis Mankies, and he lost a little bit of time, but he finished. You know, but there, so that, but that was a whole other story, wasn't it? Mm. So what we, what went on that the cameras didn't show us? Oh, oh yeah. So basically, I was filming it on set the guys coming across the finish yeah. for Instagram and I was like okay I've got a minute or so now until the yellow jersey comes through and they just flew past sprinting <laughs> I was like just what? came over like, I, I was, was like I can't believe because we're not often yeah. with 100 metres to go on set Yeah, I was like I can't believe I just missed it Ned was doing his brilliant spiel of the emotional engagement of the, everyone all that breakaway finishing and the chasing and painting the picture 
then just I saw just come around the corner of the yellow jersey just sprinting and you were like what yeah how's 50, that happen 50 seconds 54 yeah. seconds give me a chance I'm doing the breakaway yeah. oh here's saying. the GC race <laughs> and he's just ripping it off the front but, again so, but, so the French television who get not much wrong because they do a brilliant job televising the Tour de France mm-hmm. they run out of cameras they had yeah. a camera yeah. they had a camera yeah, quite, quite rightly yeah. they had on a the camera first three groups. they had a camera on the first three groups they had a camera with Bob yeah. uh, with Job Bungles they had a camera with um, Thibaut Pinot and they had a camera with the Castrovejo Carlos Verona group um, that's your that's your moto one two three and um, f- don't forget as well that a lot of the cameras get sort of taken off the race with the deviation, etc. The helicopter was follow- following the front of the race. And so funny, isn't it? That, you know, that could have been a really significant moment in the general classification. Yeah. It might have gone unfilmed, sure. like a Tour de France from 1903. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was totally unfilmed. There's, there's, no, there's, no, there's no film footage. No. No, so, so going back to Pidders. I think mm. it's almost genetic because his I've dad been Giles? on and uh, well, no, just more based oh, on his younger brother. Gen- oh, his, yeah. yeah. So I've been on a yeah. training camp. I can't remember his name, which is really bad. Joe. Joe. Yeah. Joe. Yeah. Well, he's, just, he's, he's with FTJ. So, FTJ yeah. um, feeder team or the yeah. development team. But, yeah. Uh, probably got a great career ahead of him. But what, when I was watching him on training camp and in the races, it seems like he almost gets bored and starts like, you know, when you're on a climb, you'll start like mm. hopping up curbs and yeah. going left huh. and right. And sometimes I think that with Tom the in the Tour de France, he just drifts back for a bit because he just wants to. Yeah, There's no yeah. reasoning behind it. It's just like, oh, I'll go and see what everyone else is doing. Then I'll move back up or <laughs> I might hop up this curb and, you know, yes. then I'll yeah. just try a sprint because it's my first Tour de France and <laughs> why not? Playing. <laughs> yeah. I might as well, yeah. 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 Playing. So uh, similar yeah. in quite a few ways, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um... Anyway, back so that when so that GC so we saw the yellow jersey just pumping it, f- sprinting for the line, um, and he took a three second gap on a bunch of the other um, GC rivals, except for one man, Jonas Vingegaard was right was on it was right on his the wheel. two of them are like battle royale, and it it you know it bodes well for the rest of the race because he can't share. We spoke about this was it last last night in the pod? I don't know anymore. No, not away. But Vingegaard lives rent free in. In his head, didn't he? In, in and the Roglic and Vinegar just share leadership with Jumbo Visma for the next two years, three years, or what happens now? Because it's quite obvious that which way, just which way it's going. If, well, he's better if not he's just as good if not better. Oh, yeah. he'll be. So what happens? What happens? How long's his contract? I don't know. He signs for Ineos. Either way, Ineos <laughs> are throwing <laughs> massive books at him. Yeah, they should do. Probably currently, actually, yeah. as we speak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dave yeah. will be given the spiel. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're right you're right uh, Jonas you know, I think the team would be great for you keep talking about cycling for a bit guys because I'm just going to dig something out of the laptop here I need to drop my microphone um, what was I going to say oh uh, you were just talking about Tom and Joe Pitcock mm-hmm. there's an interesting phenomenon that I read years ago Ned and I have spoken on an earlier Never Straight Far podcast where I, I was waxing lyrical about this they're older brothers and younger brothers in sport and there was a study done on football players. Uh, I don't know when. Um, I got no details on this because I read it and then didn't go to the annex, appendix, footnotes, etc. But the older brother tends to become uh, an attacker. And the young... No, no, sorry. The other way around. So the older brother and the younger brother grow up playing football together. They learn. The younger brother learns is carrying, kind of following 
and learning from the older brother. A bit brother. like Ross and Dean Downing. Yeah, sort of. And uh, But then they did the all-European leagues, and it, almost all of them, the younger brother became an attacker, and the older brother became a defender. As oh. if the older brother had carried so much responsibility that they wanted to well. protect the team, and the younger brother had the liberty to then go and attack and be a forward and be a centre and do the glory stuff. Mm. And you see it often in cycling where the younger brother comes through. The amount of times you will see, oh, wait till you see my younger brother. I think it's quite circumstantial as well because Mm. I'm an older brother Mm. of Tim who's obviously gone on to, Mm. I mean, not cycling, but his career is still, well, it is cycling, Mm. isn't it? But not actually riding a bike as a coach and working for Bahrain Victorious. And David, the amount of times I've said that, yeah. He had so much more potential than me because mm. I've seen him on a climb. I've watched his pedal stroke and I've been like, but then it, it come down to different reasons. But I think it's quite circumstantial, <laughs> isn't it? It's for, oh, everything's circumstantial. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think. But I think it's just naturally. In a, yeah. yeah. In, a, in a classically rational way. Yeah. The younger brother just, they worship their older brother and just follow them and chase them around, run around after them, do what the older brother does, and they're learning by default. And they're learning without all the responsibility, the baggage that that older sibling, and this goes for girls as well, that that older sibling has of the concerns, the anxiety of, am I going to fail? Because the, the firewall is the older sibling. And so the younger one gets to do it, play, and kind of have, but yeah. That's a, it's a bit of an abstract theory. But Almost a bit like Tom Pickcock is at this Tour de France, even though mm. he's the older brother, he's getting to play around, discover yeah. who he is, yeah. because there's no pressure on. Exactly. And that goes goes down to making sure you're in the right team, where you have those those mentors, those older riders, the the leadership that allows you to do that. So, yeah, that's um, that's an interesting concept, I think. That's really interesting. <laughs> Um, do you have you ever heard of the term pasteurized milk? Pasteurized milk is, is that what you get in the little um, circle? Y- yeah, I'd, I'd said that would be pasteurized. <laughs> so pasteurized milk is a technique of um, making milk safe to drink, and so it wouldn't go off and make people sick. Mm-hmm. And it was invented by uh, the technique was invented by a scientist from France of the 19th century called Louis Pasteur. So it's named after him, Pasteur. Yeah. And Louis Pasteur, David, as you can attest to, was quite a star of yesterday's stage. So I'm doing this basically 24 hours later. Mm-hmm. We should have done this on yesterday's mm-hmm. pod. Um, um, so they had a bit of land art to Louis Pasteur. In fact, a couple of bits of land art celebrating the, the life and achievements of Louis Pasteur. Not just on the him, but Charlie Chapman, yeah, so Charlie yes- Chapman, that was today, wasn't it? Yeah. So yesterday's yeah. stage doll was the... Birth birthplace of Lou, of Louis Pasteur and then I celebrated yeah. um, son but not their only <laughs> not their only <laughs> celebration what son. have you got to be sleeping eh, ah, <laughs> well a, a French rock star <laughs> who is who was born in 1948 he's now 73 years of age is from Dole he's not a man I, I confess that I'd ever heard of before but he sounds amazing I've listened to his music today as well and um his name is Hubert Felix Teifen. And Hubert Felix Teifen, um, 
is an extraordinary individual. Just Google Google images him. He looks like a kind of cross between, I don't know, Michael Stick, the former, former German tennis player, and Leonard Cohen. Um, uh, but the Leonard Cohen thing is probably more apt because most of his music is deeply cerebral and complex. Uh, the music is almost less important than the lyrics. Um, he's... <laughs> the titles the titles of his albums are absolutely amazing. His first studio album was released in 1978 and the French title is Tout corps vivant branché sur le secteur étant appelé à s'émouvoir. And that means everybody connected to mains electricity being called to move. It's like a, a crappy prog rock. Imagine calling an album that in 1978. Mm. Um, and in 1998, he published a song called. Uh, he published a song called. <laughs> translating well, I'll give you the French title: "Exercice de simple provocation avec ton trois fois le mot coupable," which means an exercise in simple provocation, citing the word culpable on 33 occasions. Hmm. That's the name of the song, Pete. I think they should. <laughs> you know the lyrics? Have you got the lyrics? I'm going to play it on this pod. I think. Are you? In fact, I'm playing it right now. To... You don't know that because I'm going to edit it in post production, but it's playing right now underneath this, right, this voice. Right now. Oh, don't worry. I'm all over this. Uh, you're, a, you're a sneaky one, aren't oh, you? I'm a sneaky one. I just, just landed that one on you. <laughs> Hey guys, um, our time is up, I think. No no podcast tomorrow. No podcast for tomorrow. logistical reasons. I'm separating, splitting off for you to go and um, stay with some friends. Um, we will regroup, but hopefully with really quite exciting news in more ways than one um, next week, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? Multiple Absolutely. Ways. Yeah. And um, to all the listeners, sorry we're not doing a pod tomorrow, but normal service will be resumed mm. on the day after tomorrow, which is some day of the week, which whose name I've forgotten. Tuesday. Tuesday. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.